turned me into a dog. Can you believe this? And you're invited too! Good morning and welcome to Saturday Morning Obscurities. I'm Jams. I'm Melissa. We are a brother and sister that look back on all the weird cartoon shows that you feel like only you remember. Uh, Mel, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you today? I'm doing okay. I'm a little hot. I haven't solved the issue with needing to record by turning off all the fans, but still being hot. Oh, no. I don't know how podcasters do it. (laughs) It's rough yes yeah uh Uh, i purchased for myself a giant cup which has been a goal of mine for a long time you know those big like uh trenta sized plastic starbucks cups that fit like 26 ounces of liquid that feels like i got me one it feels like not enough liquid i feel like i've seen bigger cups like big goals yeah for like like athletes but when I like live at a desk all day, this is this is high living. I fill this up once. I don't got to go back to the fridge for a long time. And it's uh, holographic and it's got mermaid scales on it. So oh. this is how I stay cool. The mermaid scales. The mermaid keeps my water cold. That's that's how you know it works. Exactly. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, mermaids are cold. Exactly. <laughs> um, I, I th- I'm sure there's, you know, fresh water and other other kinds of mermaids. There's probably Arctic mermaids. That's that be yeah, um, yeah. Why aren't we seeing more freshwater mermaids just in like I the Mississippi know. River? Science, get at us! <laughs> Find <laughs> those mermaids. <laughs> Please let us take this to the subject of our podcast this week: Science Court. Oh, good idea. Good transition. Yes. Uh, yeah, Science Court. Uh, we both watched this. Correct? You watched this. I watched this. Yeah, I loved Science Court. I uh, I definitely watched this. Like, I don't know if I loved it. I don't think that's the good right response. But it's, mm. watching it again, I actually pretty much I really enjoyed it. So, um. <laughs> it is a lot of fun, and the science in it is smart enough that I, uh, I'm 29 years old. I did not feel talked down to. It taught me a couple things that, like, either I never exactly grasped as a kid. Or I have completely forgotten in the last 20 years. Yeah. Because I don't need to really think about gravity on an everyday basis. Uh, you should, though. I mean. Just wake up every morning and say thank you. Yeah. If you gravity. don't. If you don't, you'll get taken to science court. Uh, it'll, it'll be like that one MST3K short where the guy's like, springs, what do we need them for? <laughs> and then coyly, the spring sprite comes up and it's like, all right, buddy, you're not going to appreciate springs. Well, your life's going to have no springs in it. And he's trapped in a springless hell until he has to come crawling back to coyly. <laughs> like, I was wrong. I didn't know how many things springs affected. <laughs> That is the one of the best MST three K shorts and one of the most nightmarish. Right, I I do think about that a lot. No springs. <laughs> no springs. <laughs> anyway, Science Court uh, <laughs> originally aired on ABC, then quickly moved over to uh, Disney. I believe mm. uh, twenty nine episodes ran from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand. Uh, yeah. Country of origin was USA, and produ- production company was Burns and Burns Production and Tom Snyder Production. Tom Snyder being the person behind the look of Science Court. Um, yeah, 
Do you want to talk about is... that before we get into the show? Like, like the squiggle vision and everything? Yeah, it is filmed, quote unquote, in squiggle vision. And I'm reading here on Wikipedia that for like the third season, they just called it yeah. squiggle vision. Yeah, I read that too. And I'm like, I've never, I don't remember that at all. But apparently you I remember can't, that being... you can't find third season episodes. So I don't know. Maybe it was only on TV for a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, like I remember the phrase squiggle vision, but I thought sure. that it was meant to talk about the entire style, the style of this and Dr. Katz. It is, yeah. And it's, home movies and everything. It's a patented, like there's a US patent for this kind of animation. Uh, there, do, <laughs> do you know? Oh, I didn't go to this Wikipedia page for squiggle vision itself. Yeah. Do you know why uh, squiggle vision is so popular and, and successful? Uh, is it cheap? It is cheap. It is cheap and. It still like keeps the like watchers like attention because it uses mm. like less shots, but because the it screen does. is still like moving, it still captures your attention. So it's like a lot. It was very cheap to make. Hmm. And it's it's interesting to look at. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> like it's kind of like it's slightly unnerving at first, but everything looks like this. The yeah. whole show looks so weird that you acclimate very quickly, and then it's just charming yeah yeah exactly it's very charming oh uh, yeah, uh, normally we would watch the uh theme song of the intro yeah. or theme song of the cartoon here but this show or at least for the first couple seasons or first couple episodes doesn't have an intro it just starts no and then there's like a title card pretty much it's like uh, a fake like what's the what's that uh movie opening where it's just like the angel and she's holding things you know oh, um, uh, Columbia TriStar. Yeah, yeah. It's just like that, except it's the it's Judge Stone, and like the Science Court logo drops down in front of her, and that's the whole thing. And then the episode yeah. starts. Yeah, yeah. So we won't Can be going. A little we, bit. More? We won't be doing a watch along for that because it's literally like three seconds. We just told you. Can I talk a little bit more about the background of this show? Yeah. Not really like the background of it, but like some of the people who worked on it. This show was produced by Lauren Bouchard. Who is creator now of Bob's Burgers? Yeah, this is somebody who's still working. This would have been probably uh, our first introduction to H. John Benjamin. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, we heard his calming voice. Yeah, as uh, as uh, what was his character? Professor Professor Parsons. Professor Parsons, and he sounds like so like when his character comes on screen, it's so like whiny and like young. I'm like, oh, it's little H. John. Little. Little yeah, it was his days at the, at the uh, recording studio. Yeah, I think it's neat that some of the people who worked on the show are still working with each other, producing oh, yeah. great animated television today. The uh, let's let's I guess we can run through the characters real quick. There's not that many characters. Uh, no, there's uh, Paula Plum is the act actress for Allison Crimple, who's one of the lawyers. Mm. Bill Browdis is the voice actor for Doug Savage, who's the other lawyer, usually the dumber lawyer. Uh, H. John Benjamin is <laughs> Professor Nick Parsons, uh, Paula Proud Stone as Judge Stone, and Fred yes. Stoller, famous Fred Stoller as ten as uh, stenographer Fred, animated what to look we, like him. What do we remember Fred Stoller from exactly? What do I remember him from? Uh, the, both of us, because I imagine if you remember him from something, I do too, but I couldn't pinpoint exactly what it would have been. I just picture like a lot of like 90s movies where he's just like a character actor. Because yeah, he has just like a very like Fred Stoller attitude. Like he's just very unique. <laughs> right. Like I, I 
hear him and see him in cartoon form, and I'm like, I know this guy, but f- just from a dozen fleeting fuzzy images in my head, like I can't point to a movie or a show where it's like, that's what I know him from. Right. He's just a, a presence. Yeah, and I'm looking at like his, he has a Wikipedia, and it looks like a lot of his roles are small, so he's just done a lot of little stuff. Well, he's uh, excellent in this. The whole cast is. Yeah. Yeah, I know who Paula Poundstone was when I was nine years old. Yeah. I do now. <laughs> it's great to hear her. Yeah, Paula Paula Poundstone actually did a couple voices in Summer Camp Island, which I still need to watch. Do you know what about that oh, show? I did you show me part of Summer Camp Island? I feel no, like I, I might watched have it seen. Yet. Okay. Well, what was the other Summer Camp show you showed me? Oh, I don't know. I I couldn't. Is it tell called you. Camp Camp? Oh, Camp Camp. Yeah, the Rooster Teeth does that. <laughs> okay. I want to make sure that was a real title because it sounded like something I might make up. Like, you know, uh, you love that show. Camp. Yeah, uh, camp Camp. Camp. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's Rooster Teeth. I would love to cover that show in the future, too. That's They have some really great episodes, and Griffin McElroy is on a couple. Ah. But yeah, uh, there's yeah, there's a lot of, like, uh, the one of the uh, writers on the show, uh, Brendan Small... Oh, wait, does he work on the show, actually? I think this is the one Tom Snyder show he doesn't work on. Mm. But normally, like, home movies, Brendan Small is on there. Like, Dr. Katz, Brendan, I believe Brendan Small is on there. Like, usually they go hand on hand in hand with Squiggle Vision shows. But I know yeah. Brendan Small, of course, uh, recently became, like, big for Metalocalypse. And Bill Browdis, who's Doug Savage in Science Court, does a couple shorts and like voices on that show too. <sighs> but I think he's doesn't do any work anymore. Yeah. yeah I didn't rem- like, I heard his voice and like, this doesn't sound familiar to right. me other than hearing it from this show. I've got one more fact. I want to share from the Wikipedia page. Okay. And then we can get into talking about our episodes. Uh, Tom Snyder was inducted into the Association of Educational Publishers Hall of Fame yeah. to honor his extraordinary contribution to educational publishing for working on educational CD-ROMs with accompanying workbooks and experiment kit- kits uh, to send to schools for science court. Yeah. I- and I I work in academic publishing. You do. <laughs> tangentially. And I was happy to hear this. Yeah, he's he's among the, the top scholars of your field. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, when watching this show, I took several notes like this feels like a game. This feels like a computer game. And I feel that way because it was a computer game. Like, yeah. Do you remember we had a chapter book for this show? No. We had a chapter book and the specific court case was it's like the town centennial or something like that. And a mayor or some sort of official hires somebody to uh, blow a cannon exactly at midnight, like the day of the town's anniversary. And the cannon's like X you know, amount of distance away from like where the hub of the celebration is. Yeah. And the court case is, I told you to fire that exactly at midnight. It, I heard it three seconds after midnight. <laughs> so you were slacking on the job. So the case was about like the, uh, the speed of sound and how sound travels. And this was a prose book? Like it wasn't like a picture this- book? I think it was a chapter book. Like, it might have had four chapters in it, and the font <laughs> may have been very large, but I believe it was a chapter book. Do you remember those, like, Scooby-Doo books we used to get? Yes. Were, like, yeah, like little Scooby-Doo chapter books? 
Do we have a subscription to those where they would come to us in the mail? We did because we would get like stickers and stuff with them and we would get those like those little like squares of like like a bunch of red dots and you put the red filter over and there's an actual word in there. Oh, right. Yeah. And uh, we got um, I still have this. I still have Scooby-Doo magnetic poetry on my fridge. Yeah, I forgot. That's where you got that. You got that from that? (laughs) I think so. I feel like that's something you could also buy commercially. Maybe. It, listeners, please write in and tell us if you have Scooby-Doo magnetic poetry and if you remember yeah. where you got it. Please write in at SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com. Yes, share your memories. We need help. Yeah, or you can find us on Twitter at SaturdayMOPod. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, moving into the show, uh, we watched uh, three episodes, as we usually do. We watched, mm-hmm. uh, which ones did I watch? I didn't even write them down. We watched uh, uh, Gravity, uh, Electric Current, and Simple Machines and Work. A yeah, couple... Simple Machines and Work is one title. Yeah, Simple Machines and Work. <laughs> so I watched these just in the order of when YouTube uh, gave them to me. Yeah. <laughs> it is an episodic show. I didn't think it mattered. So I started with Simple Machines and then Gravity and then Electric Current. Yeah, that's I feel what I like did. that was a... Uh, good okay that was a beneficial order for me because okay simple machines starts with this factory where people make robots and the boss comes out and he says whoever is the laziest worker you will be demoted to the pit you know and whenever they say work <laughs> whenever they say the pit throughout the episode it has this echoey filter on the voice yeah it sounds truly haunting so he's He thinks this woman is the laziest worker in the company compared to this other guy because he points at the guy and he's like, look how sweaty and smelly he is. He must be working very hard. Look at him. him, He stinks. He is the worst. Like throughout the show, (laughs) this character, Joe Schmo, they just keep ragging on him. He's like, hey. Yes. (laughs) But it's the stink that has won him the favor of his boss. Exactly. So it's this other woman where he's like, you're not sweaty. You must not be working hard enough. You're going to go to the pit. Which is great. uh, (laughs) Like... Great, just like a uh, misogynist, <laughs> just right out the gate like, in the show. It's, it's it must be you. You don't smell. Yeah, get out of here. Go to pit. But then it's part of this scene. I think Allison is there, uh, talking a you know talking to this woman Mary about her case, mm-hmm. and then Doug Savage rolls in <laughs> on a conveyor belt like he's there to steal your girl. Yeah, he rolls this in was... like like a well, I was gonna say like a cartoon ter- character, but like he rolls in like Bugs Bunny or like just all of a sudden like tuxedo yes. mask. He's there like <laughs> exactly like tuxedo mask. This is the first time I've seen Doug Savage since I was a child, and I was immediately enamored. Yeah, my my caption for that or my uh my note for that moment was just all caps: Doug Savage. Doug Savage. There he is. But we what should also mention tr- like that little kids also play a part like in the cast of the show. Like Allison has like a little like assistant named Tim that yes. there's no they don't talk about like this is my nephew or like this is my son. No. This is just my assistant, a small boy named yeah, this- Tim. Uh who is <laughs> This is my uh apprentice. Just a, yeah, who is you know, vastly intelligent on the things that we're learning. As like in the yeah. rest of the show, there are some consultants they talk to in the court that are just little kids they're like oh well you see and i kind of really love that trope where like the show is full of like little kids that are like vastly smarter than adults and adults are the ones causing the problems 
I really like that trope. Yeah, I, this show is full of just inexplicable children in places they shouldn't be. Exactly. Which is something I like in kids' shows. I liked as a kid, and now as an adult, I haven't grown out of it yet. Like, oh, there's a kid somewhere in a place where adults normally are. Way to go, kid. <laughs> yeah, she has this apprentice, and then there's a, a girl named Michaela who, like, doesn't seem to really officially be Doug's apprentice, but she, like, sits behind him in the courtroom and, like, leans over and whispers things to him she, and tries to help him out. She's his Lisa Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> As we should all have one. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then they keep calling in child witnesses, child experts. In part of this episode, I think this is the first time you see it, Doug mm. Savage is like, I'm going to bring in the the the... the the defendant, uh, I forget the legal word, but the lady, the pit lady, Mary. It's like, yeah. I'm bringing in Mary's lawyer, and you know, he's going to tell you that she can't do enough work. And so he's, and then it cuts to a child, yeah. just a child sitting on the stand. Oh, yeah. She, he's like, uh, uh, like I'm her homager, but it's like he's barely like big enough to like see over the edge of like the chair. <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, okay. And We're just going think, with this. I, I forgot this was something the show did and i thought this was just a like a one-off joke on doug like he just brought in somebody that's like oh no i've got her doctor all right who's around he just grabbed like a kid off the street just anybody yeah and the kid's up there and he's saying well, no i'm not her doctor i am her optometrist <laughs> so weird Something I want to point out about this show. Mm -hmm. uh, all of the characters have five fingers. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, which is nice. Like we've talked about how Squiggle Vision is this limited animation. The character designs are very simplistic. But I love that, yeah, it's science-based, so we are going to give everybody five fingers. <laughs> you know, that's fair. It's, if we're going to tell the truth about science, we're going to do it right. <laughs> Another thing about the character designs, uh, Allison Crimple's iconic goldfish earrings. Yes. And Doug's fish tie. Yes, very iconic. <laughs> yeah, I also love his, like, there's a lot of, like, vast character shapes in this uh, in this show. Yeah. Where you could just be an upside down triangle and that's who you are as a person forever. <laughs> like... Just like a lot of, just like a lot of fun, like character shapes, and they just kind of go with, like, yeah, you're a real person, you're upside down. Yeah, triangle. like Tim's head is pointy, and I couldn't tell if that was like a like a stocking cap or like if he just had his hair in a point. He's just yeah. pointy. Yeah, it's it's kind of like um like Psychonauts, like how they're huh. they're just like designed weird, like they're this shape, and then we'll decide if they have hair or not later. Right. <laughs> We'll just color that in, and it's up to you to determine if that's a biological feature or if it's an accessory. Exactly. How it should be. There's uh, also a juror in the background of that episode that is wearing the same suit as Spike Spiegel. What? I didn't, I didn't see that. You're... He doesn't look like Spike Spiegel. It's just that his suit is that same color scheme. Wow. I don't know if Cowboy Bebop was out around now. This came out in 1997. When did Cowboy oh, Bebop come out? I I have no idea. It might just be a coincidence. You keep going. I'm gonna look. It might up. have been what people were wearing. Bop, bop, win. <laughs> bop win. Bop win. Uh, ninety eight. So yeah? probably not because that's the no. first episode came out in ninety seven. So probably not. Pure coincidence. Nice coincidence. 
But yeah, so nice. there's this like dispute in like this factory uh, of the uh, the factory owner and Joe Schmo against Mary. And they're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to take you to science court, which I love is just a thing that you can do in this world. Like, we have <laughs> a big discussion. I'm not going to sue you. I'm going to prove you're wrong by we're going to science court. Right. In science court. Uh... worry about paying lawyers. There's someone <laughs> no. from the press there to cover it. It's a whole big event. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's always open. Seems like you can get in immediately. There's no waiting at science court. You can just walk in and just get dug. Yeah. Although it works like a real court, like there's like procedures and like there's recesses and yeah, you know, it's all very it's all it's very rare that they make a procedural into a kid show. That's like <laughs> I, there are some kids that grow up like watching like you know like yes. like kid shows like like Bones and like you know Matlock and like shows about lawyers, but it's rare that a kid show takes that and says this is for kids. Kids will watch yes. this and won't be bored by it. No. So it's 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 very bold that the science court did this and got away with it. Yeah, I I enjoyed it as a kid. Yeah, it's it's a f- it's always fun to see something that even as a child you know is extremely regulated and structured, like a court case, and watch it get just like completely turned upside down. Like there's a gag in the Gravity episode where a dog is finished saying something and then Judge Stone says, Mr. Savage, I want you to think about this. And she holds up one of Doug's baby pictures <laughs> and then it just cuts. Yeah. Like there's a lot of there's visual a- <laughs> things happening in the frame that are not spoken about or focused on. Like there's a bit in Electric Current where Doug is talking to his... um. Uh, Whoever I, I his, always get the legal terms mixed up. It's like defendant, and I guess the other one's like opponent. His client, client, his client. Yeah. Sure. So he's just up there, like talking to his client. He thinks he's making some big point, and it just, it just cuts to a wide shot. And in his hand, he's just holding a sign that says, "I'm going to win." DS. <laughs> this 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 show is funny. Like it has really, really good funny. like really good like comedic timing and like mm-hmm. just some nice like back and forth that's really funny oh in the gravity episode they go outside uh for part of a gravity uh demonstration and then judge stone wants to play football yeah and she turns to fred the stenographer and she says go long fred go where long fred long <laughs> Go go where in in his his Fred Stollerism, <laughs> and then there's, there's, uh, the client turns to Doug at one point and says, "What am I paying you for?" And he says, "Things." <laughs> and there's in in electric current, like Doug is giving his final uh, statements to the jury, and he says, "You've been a great jury. Remember when somebody said something and you all mumbled? That was great." <laughs> There was, I think, there was a moment where, uh, th- like, the jury reacted with by something with like mumbles and gasps. Yeah. And uh, fr- uh, Savage is just like, "Don't do that. You made them make noise." And they just like make <laughs> random noises, like <laughs> leading Jury's the jury. Like, yeah, just there's like a- <laughs> there's typically an animal in there. It's like a bunch of fairly normal looking people. There'll be one kind of weird looking person. Like I think one time there's somebody with a Shakespearean ruff around their neck. You know. And there's sometimes a dog or like a of course a child. Yeah. <laughs> Just child. child. A child foreman will deliver you our verdict. Child are smarter than adult this world. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone except for, I guess, uh, Judge Stone and Allison. Allison, I think this town falls apart if Allison Krimple is not there. However, Allison plays a very important role in the show in that at the end, when they're trying to like, either like the jury has already decided they're about to decide, yeah. Allison will yeah. deliver the very important burst out musical number that everyone will join mm-hmm. in on that explains yeah. the points with like a yes. nice catchy chorus. <laughs> yes. Which I don't know. I don't know if I was a judge and you know, the person who's like defending suddenly burst into a musical number that encapsulated the whole crowd. I would probably mm-hmm. let them win, but that's why I'm not a good judge. And that's why yeah. there are also bad judges out there in America. <laughs> yeah. Don't decide based on song. Uh, decide based on the real science fact. Yeah. Yeah. Doug might be great at singing. He probably just doesn't think about it. <laughs> he just, he not good. He could sing if he wanted. He knows he's going to win. <laughs> There's a part in Electric Current where he... Okay, so Electric Current, Mary Murray, the defendant from the first case, comes back. I was happy to see that she's evidently yeah. a, a recurring person throughout she, this world. She's got problems. She's People all... keep thinking she's doing wrong. You're right. She's just like a, an innocent, normal lady. She's like, look, I just play ping pong. Uh, I read books. I work my job. I love making robots. She's playing ping pong against this guy named Mr. Richmond. Who yeah. is this giant elaborate Mr. mustache? His name is I am Rich Man. I am Rich Man. He has a giant elaborate mustache, and so does his dog. Yes, which I loved. <laughs> his dog is like a weird name, doesn't it? Like like Will Willward, oh, like Wedgeworth. Wedgeworth, yeah, uh, which is a great dog name. Name right. your dog like you would name your butler. Name, <laughs> name your dog uh, the name of a lawyer whose commercial you would see on daytime tv while you're homesick brown and brown <laughs> i'm gonna name my dog brown and brown brown and crouppen brown and crouppen brown and crouppen and crouppen is not a bad name for a dog <laughs> this is my dog crouppen this is my dog brown this is my dog crouppen don't actually don't name your dog brown that's a bad name brown and brown however <laughs> brown and brown is the name of one whole dog exactly <laughs> This is my dog, 444, 4444. This is my dog, Jim and Karen. This is my dog. (laughs) This is my dog, money for you. (laughs) This is my dog, injured at work. (laughs) This is my dog, you may be entitled to a settlement. (laughs) This is my dog, 877 cash now. This is my dog. It's your money. Use it when you need it. <laughs> Jones. He has he has the family last name. <laughs> so anyway, this rich man has a dog, and the 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 case in this one is that uh, while Mary Murray is over there playing ping pong with him, she like trips over a wire that runs through his yard that's attached to like his burglar alarm which is and he thinks that she it's just like a loose like single wire it's not like right in like a rubber casing or anything it's just a loose wire yeah just around just in the grass yep in <laughs> in like the the wire is supposed to attach to a light and he knows that if the light goes off he has a burglar which is it's really convoluted it's not a good uh <laughs> burglar alarm whatsoever yeah like you have to be awake to see it exactly like he should i guess it kind of works if you're in the room but that's Mm. only that's only in his bedroom 
that's a right. bad burglar alarm the rest of the time. You we don't know if he's got one of these in every room or if he has to he only knows if crime is happening in his own bedroom. Exactly. That's the only place where crime <laughs> is the worst. Right. But so it's in the middle of the night that he realizes something has gone wrong. Like he wakes up and he's like, the light's off. And then Doug just like shows up outside his window and he's like, hey, I was just walking by. Uh, I heard you yell. Do you need a lawyer? For a second, I thought he like climbed up onto the balcony because like <laughs> you look out the wind, like he's on like the little balcony, like, and it's got like a little guardrail. I'm like, did he just climb up there? Like, hey, I was walking by. I heard you're in trouble. Yeah. I climbed up your wall into hey, your balcony. I, I, sc- I scaled your trellis. Will you hire me? (laughs) And one thing the show does is it's constantly cutting to characters who aren't talking. And they're just in like some sort of a weird pose. I wonder if in in this episode it's specialized because he's like in this uh, bedroom set. But this happens all the time in the courtroom. And I wonder if maybe they just made a bunch of them at the beginning and then plugged them in at random. There's a lot of times when like somebody's talking and the judge is just like looking at them kind of like lazily and adoringly and it doesn't totally make sense which is why it's so funny yeah it just cuts to all these people in these odd expressions and positions but in this one where he uh he sneaks he he climbs up this guy's house in the middle of the night like the guy's talking about his burglar alarm and then it cuts and it's just doug leaning seductively on a piano (laughs) and the piano has pizza on it too like oh my God, this right. It has like it's the lid is up and it's there's just a pizza and a couple pizza slices like on the strings. Right. <laughs> right. What a night. Pizza and piano. And later in that episode they have to leave the court and they have to go to I am Richmond's house mm-hmm. to like look at the burglar alarm live there in the yard to prove a point and like it's Allison in the foreground talking and in the background it's I am Richman pushing Doug on this beautiful swing hanging from an old tree <laughs> I did, I did, I missed that one too which is what I want to do Yeah Oh they have to take the whole thing to this so the Judge Stone, she's up in her big judge box. Fred just has his stenographer's typewriter in a bird bath. And there's no place for Professor Parsons to sit. So he's just like way up in a tree. Yeah, I love it. She has to maintain. Not only are they willing to leave the courthouse to pursue this. Mm-hmm. Like, like I must maintain that I am of the utmost respect. I am, an, I am your honor. I belong high above you in a tree. I'm the only person who brought furniture. And sometimes it cuts to a camera angle that's like her perspective looking down on everybody. And you see what's on her desk. And it is a gavel and maybe some papers. But then also a Hot Wheel. Which (laughs) has got like a little race car in her desk. I didn't see that. That's great. There's so many great visual details in here. In Gravity, like, there's a part where Allison, like, has to check what time it is, and she just has a small grandfather clock yeah. strapped to her wrist. <laughs> oh, in, gra- in the Gravity episode, I, Doug's trying to prove a point about gravity, and he shows everybody a film strip, like, about Sir Isaac Newton inventing or discovering gravity. And it's all these, like, real shoddy, like, illustrations that you know, like, Doug has done himself. And it's, like, a picture of <laughs> it's Sir Isaac Newton standing on top of a pedestal, and he has a banner behind him that says Gravitation Man. Yeah, he's like, well, I'll prove my point by watching this film. And then they just, like, 
I thought he was just gonna like play like random slides and then just murmur over them, but yeah. It's just like this really silly little cartoon that's bad. Right, and then at the end he says, like he not Doug there in the courtroom, but like Doug's voiceover on the film strip says, For a transcript of this show, listen to it again and write down everything you hear. <laughs> I thought he was just like I think he just had his hand over his mouth and he was just like oh, mumbling. It might have been that. Yeah, there was no It didn't come with audio, you had to do that live. Yeah. And I almost did that just now to uh, visualize that, but this is a podcast, and that would be a bad idea. No. But yeah, there's also, like, some, keep... some like, fun, like, angles every now and then of, like... Yeah! Of Doug, like, he's an ace attorney, just, like, shouting yes. with objection. Ah. Uh. And, like, sometimes Tim gets very, like, from the bottom up, like, angles of him answering the phone. Yes. So, yes. Although this really? may be Squiggle Vision, there are some fun, like, little shots in there. It's neat to look at. There's a lo- another visual gag I loved is that in the Electric Current episode, Fred, he's selling tickets to the Science Court talent show, and his yeah. talent he's going to have is that he's uh he does magic tricks. And first he turns the reporter woman into a gorilla. Yes. And later he tries to <laughs> he tr- he's like doing the rabbit out of a hat trick, but he reaches into the hat and he pulls out another Fred. Yeah, yeah. I looked up from my phone just to see that in time, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> two friends, two friends. But yeah, this and all in all, like, oh, I wanted a rabbit. Like it's a real normal reaction. What's that? It, he just says like, oh, I wanted the rabbit. Like it's a very normal reaction. Oh no, Nobody's it's me shocked. again. Oh, it's me. <laughs> but yeah, I think all in all, this show is. It holds up. It's it's still funny. Uh, yes. I don't know if it's bingeable because after watching three episodes, I'm like, I am good with three episodes. I don't think I need to watch any more or want to. I may watch more in the future, but I, I don't think I could watch all of the show in like one sitting like some cartoons. I, I, I watched it what? like one a day. I don't know if watching that much squiggle vision at once would do something to your eyes. <laughs> I might get a headache if I indulge in too much squiggle vision, but I had a great time. I do want to watch more. I put more on my like YouTube watch later list. Like you're coming back to this. You need more Doug Savage energy to get you through today's times. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, would you recommend the show? Do you think? Absolutely. It's yeah. so much fun, and I think it is a good all ages show really like yeah. you could show this to a little kid they could learn something you could show this to an adult and like everybody would laugh and like i said i you know it never it's never a refresher course on things that i feel like it was taught a lot of very important science too young and then it wasn't like covered again so there's stuff i've like i've forgotten like i and like it's the universe has proven to me i don't really need to know it like i said uh, gravity still works for me, regardless of how much I know about gravity. Yeah. But I I wish I did have more, you know, uh, reason in my life to return to and study and, like, retain more of that knowledge. Like, I just got all of it dumped on me at age nine. It's like, okay, remember this when you're an adult. I'm like, I won't. I'm just going to remember Pokemon episodes. Yeah. I hope that's okay. That's the most important thing in my life. Gravity is not. <laughs> I know every every line to holy matrimony, if that'll get me anywhere. Do you, do you, could you recite it right now? <laughs> could you? Okay. All right. So the twerps are walking down a road. <laughs> <I'm> and they, <laughs> I, 
That's that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I can just, I can just, just like Pokemon from memory. Really could. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's another podcast. But for now, mm-hmm. that's our podcast. Uh, it is. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Mel, you have other podcasts. I I do. I dang do. You can hear me on the Whatnots podcast network. That's Whatnots spelled like astronauts. I co-host our media discussion show, The Review Show, and our general off-topic pop culture news goof-around times show, The Captain's Log. And we do a recurring periodic show called The Reactor Core, which is just media discussion for a thing that's brand new. It's fun. It's good times. Um, It is fun. Hear me there a lot. (laughs) Uh, I don't do any other podcasts right now. This This is where you can find me almost exclusively. Um, if you want to talk to us, uh, for the show, if you have cartoons you want us to watch, and that's not limited to cartoons, if you want to watch old, like, kids shows, old shows that you watch when you were kids that you think no one else remembers, please, uh, send it to us either on email, SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com, or on Twitter, at SaturdayMOPod, or if you just want to talk to us, uh, I'm at JamsWilk on Twitter, um, Mel? I'm at WilkyWit, W-I-L-K- Y W I T on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> All those letters in that order. Uh, yes. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Relax, kick back. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. Uh, Miss Bean, go ahead, please. Okay. Here we have a bowling ball hanging perfectly straight on a wire from that crane. Now we pile up the bricks close to the bowling ball. Okay, boys. Now, if everyone watches the ball closely, you'll see the ball bean ever so slightly in the direction of the bricks. Well, that's from the wind. There's no wind. Well, then it's a trick. It's not a trick. Well, what does it prove? It proves that every object has gravity. The ball and the bricks are attracted to each other through gravity. The bricks are cemented, so they can't move, but they both have gravity. But my pencils didn't move toward each other, and they were expensive pencils. How do you explain that? That's easy. They were too small. The pencils had less mass. Therefore, the effects of gravity could not be seen. Now, by mass, you mean, um, don't tell me, uh... Mass is the amount of stuff contained in something. Oh, right, the amount of stuff. A pencil has a small amount of mass, and therefore, a small amount of gravity. So everything has gravity? Like we've been telling you. You mean even this little teeny weeny tiny grain of sand has gravity? Yeah, it has a little teeny weeny tiny bit. But yeah, it has gravity. Oh, okay, uh, no further questions and um, keep up the good work. Hey, since we're already outside and we're wearing our helmets, how about a little game of football? Fred, go long. Go where? Long, Fred, long. All right. Uh,